And you already know what time it is. Every Tuesday night at 8, it's another exciting edition of the MCW cast. You already know I'm Legacy MCW announcer Larry Kennedy Phillips, a.k.a. Larry Legend. I'm MCW promoter Dan McDevitt. And I'm Tara. Welcome to the cast. Is this episode 35? It is. Wow. 35. We are rolling. Yes, yes, indeed. Rolling in the deep, as Adele would say. (laughs) Well, we want to throw it real quick. At the top, I want to talk about if you're if you're uh, consuming this um, podcast on one of the podcast platforms, you can watch on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and all major podcast platforms. Make sure you not only watch, but make sure you subscribe. It helps our algorithm on That's the right. podcast platform. And if you subscribe, you can listen through your Alexa-connected devices. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's all of them, but I'm pretty sure it's Spotify. So if you subscribe to a podcast, you can just say, Alexa, play the MCW cast. Oh, I did not know that. I I, but you learned Alexa something can day. do everything. Just about. Just about everything. <laughs> and, of course, if you're watching on uh, Facebook or YouTube, make sure you follow us or subscribe to those channels. And um, if you're on YouTube, we put a lot of other content out, such as our Flashback Friday matches. That's right. Uh, This week, it's going to be for the Rage TV Championship, Tyler Hilton versus Pat Brink. And this is all the way back in 2007 to Holiday Homecoming. That's a blast from the past. Yeah, Yeah. Holiday Homecoming. I remember those. I remember Seasons Beatings we did Mm -hmm. a few times. Uh, Holiday Homecoming, all those great shows. I wanted to take a moment out. You know, ever since the cast has started, I've always taken great pride in you know the t-shirts that i wear and get i'd like i wanted to give a lot of shout outs a lot of times i wear legacy mcw wear my jersey my legacy mcw jersey my tank top this is a commemorative danny havoc t-shirt danny havoc a deathmatch wrestler one of the best deathmatch wrestlers that i ever had the pleasure of announcing who we tragically lost last year around may right after his birthday and um his family uh went ahead and and got a lot of donations uh after his death for his funeral expenses, but also they uh, went and got the last shirt that Danny took with him to Japan um, and got it reprinted. Um, and then they gave them to some of Danny's closest um, friends and colleagues in the industry. And his brother-in-law, Jake Galladay, gave me this one. It's just a, a barbed wire light tube bundle, which is a staple of deathmatch wrestling. Mm-hmm. If you don't aren't familiar with it, all types of stuff, baseball bats with thumbtacks. And um, the Japanese characters just say his name, Danny Havoc, the deathmatch drunkard. So I'm going to try to make a point to, you know, kind of do a segment, what are you wearing? Which, okay. uh, you know, 35 episodes in, I could have been done that. But, you know, sometimes we get into the conversation and it's not really about me. It's about <laughs> our, our topic. But I wanted to shout out Jake and, and uh, I miss my buddy Danny Tiberius Havoc and uh, wanted to rep him right here on the MCW cast so that his legacy never dies, just like our, just like RJ. Speaking of T-shirts and legacies that never die, we've got a show coming up in just a few short days on September 17th, Friday night. And uh, making a, their appearance at that show will be some uh, Bruiser Strong shirts, um, some reprints with uh, of an older design as well. We've got three different T-shirt designs. So if you are looking for that, I've had tons and tons of requests. So they will be here. Um, and they will, I'm sure, go fast. So yeah, there you go. And speaking of September 17th, that is our Bruiser Strong uh, Memorial Show, and you can buy tickets at mcwprowrestling.com, or you can stop 
at our authorized ticket outlet at Hideaway Collectibles on Hollibird Road in lovely Dundalk. Going to be a big show. It just really is. Years. Yeah. And um, our guest this week um, is going to be there. Uh, had a lot, had a connection to the Bruiser. And just like so many other people, just kind of want to be there to help celebrate RJ's life and remember him the way we all wanted to remember him. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to a year ago because we were shut down. But um, this event's bringing a lot of people out. That's right. Bringing us, <clears throat> bringing us all out and bringing us all together in honor of our friend RJ the bruiser um, who we lost. And yeah, it's only right. It's only right. We got it together, uh, you know, when we couldn't get together and we we presented something. But this this is really going to be the tribute to the bruiser. And I know we're just going to have the fans in unison, in unison chanting loud enough that bruiser will be able to hear us right up there, up in the big ring in the sky on that night. So we're looking forward to having everyone back here in the MCW arena yet again uh, for you know, the tribute to to the bruiser. Anything else you want to go over, Tara? No, that was that was pretty much it that I had. Yeah. Well, we'll go ahead and get to the commercial break, right? And we'll get back with our guest. Uh, yeah, you want to uh, make the announcement? You know what? I certainly do. And I'll I'll make it with a chant. Gilberg. Gilberg. Doom, 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 doom. That's right. A Maryland wrestling <laughs> OG. Had sparklers. Right? That's right. An icon. <laughs> An icon say. in Maryland wrestling. Dwayne Gilbert Gill. Gill. That's right. All right, we'll see you after this. And we are back here live in studio with our very special guest, and it gives me a great deal of esteem to introduce you and welcome you, sir, to the MCW cast, Dwayne Gilbert Gill. Thanks Thank for joining you, Larry, us. man. I appreciate it, man. I love being here. Yeah, it's well. been a while. Yeah, you were one of the first people that I met when I joined um, down at Bone Breakers, and that was 21 years and two weeks ago today. Yeah, I know. Really? It was. Yeah, and you were one of the first people that I met there. Yep. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Dwayne is a OG in Maryland wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember I, <laughs> when I got into wrestling. I signed up at his at, yep. at your school. Yep. At your school. And I believe yeah. Axel was training along with who else? Yeah, because you were never there because you were. On the road, that man. was in I a was different time, right? That was in a time where like WWE did the tapings and you were just. <clears throat> weeks would go by and you'd pop in. Danny, yeah, you now were, it is owning right. your school, man. How how many students do you actually get to train? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, and I don't say that with like anger. Like it was just the yeah, time. No, like I'm you saying, were. You that that I mean? was when WWE was doing all the tapings and. Doing all the Saturday and I was Saturday to be superstars, a star, yeah. and you were you were you and Barry, and um, were the crew that were some of the crew that were just always on the tapings, and you were doing the, you did a lot of house shows too, right? Like oh, as yeah, the executioners and mm -hmm. the, and the turtles. Yep. <laughs> right, right. Because you've the talked about turtles. that. The toxic turtles. So I'm not exposing anything because you've talked about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Didn't WWE do something on the network? Did they ever show that? They, they uh, what they did was they they did a tape. You know, a, a video, and we were part of the video. So we got hooked on the uh, big event up in New York, and we started advertising everything as the Turtles. We had new new gear made. We had, actually, we went to Disney and had heads made at Disney and everything. And about two days before the uh, autograph session, WWE sent a little thing saying, stop advertising them Turtles there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Stop advertising them turtles. Did they, like, copyright that at all when you guys were doing that? I or guess just... they did. Yeah, you don't I even know. I guess they did. 
Because that was just something like you were doing jobs up there and you, you pitched that to them, right? Yeah. That's a, well, what happened was one day I was up there and, and I, me and Barry and I had carried them in there for like six months, but we were scared to, you know, put them out there. Right. Remember, you remember how big the muscles yeah. were in there? So one day I said, I'm doing it, Barry. I'm doing, I'm putting it on and I don't care. I'm going out there and I'm doing it. So I put it on and Barry was out doing a match. So I went out in the locker room dancing around and everything and I spun around the circle and stopped and was like leaning like this and there's a pair of shoes right there and I went oh man because I knew who they were and I stood up and it was Vince you know and he goes he's laughing he goes who's under there and I took the head off and he goes I should have known <laughs> he goes you got another one and I go yes sir I do he goes uh you and you are wrestling the turtles next match I said we can't do it next match Mr. McMahon he goes why not and I said look Barry's in the ring he goes I suggest he dress quick <laughs> I kid you right. not and you know how hard those outfits were to get on but being wet uh-huh. after right, just wrestling you're sweating and all we're in there trying to pull him on and everything we finally got him dressed and just out there we're walking to the ring, and I'm going, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. Because <laughs> I had to come up with a match and everything, you know? Right. And they actually gave you the matches, the Turtles, right? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It was cool, but I think copyright killed that real quick. Yeah, it probably would have been too much of a... <laughs> we looked a little too much like the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure, like, a because who owns that? Marvel. Is Marvel is, in the Turtles? Is it Marvel? I'm not sure. Or is it DC? Maybe now. Regardless, maybe it's a big, now a big company. Right. Yeah. Someone owns it, and it wasn't you. Yeah, <laughs> it would have it would have definitely probably been an issue. Right. Yeah, it would have definitely probably been an issue. Mm-hmm. But that year, how many years did you go up there? You guys do jobs forever because you ended yeah. up doing WCW. Did you do WCW? Oh yeah, WCW we did WCW too. too. Actually, I, mean, I got um. That's how Bob started up there and all. We were down. We uh, Rich Myers was. Uh, 17 i believe when he did his first match we lied about his age and everything <laughs> yeah i mean and, and you remember like back in the you know and back in the day like when we did that um you know you get a different perspective on it but when you're getting in the business you're like it's and it's the wrong it was the wrong attitude to have like oh, i don't want to go do that i don't want to go do jobs but man you look back and the, the experiences that you had and everything it it led to eventually you end up getting a contract yeah. down the road as Gilbert and, I and mean, stuff. And you probably wrestled in the eighties and nineties. You wrestled probably every everybody. big star in the business. Yeah. I've yeah. been I've I've been on WWE TV in four different decades. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. Uh, when I went up there, I went up there. I mean, <clears throat> I I was to me a mark is a wrestler. Right. Because if you think about it, yeah, we call fans marks, but no. Who's the mark? The one who says, I don't care how much I make. I don't care how bad it hurts. I don't care nothing. I want to be one of them. And you know what I mean? Yeah. The smart person is who says, I'll pay $10 and $20 and watch, sit here and watch these guys kill each other. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we, we did whatever it took, no matter what. I mean, how many times did we wrestle basically free? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. and really go out there and put it all out for free. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And uh, it's it, to go up there and do the jobs, and I was wrestling with the very best there was at the time. Right. On yeah. TV. And they're the people that I admired and wanted to meet and everything, and then to actually 
get to wrestle and then become their friends and hang out with them, go to bars with them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. Yeah, it was you, awesome. It was it was awesome to me. You, and people would go, you're a jobber. You're a jobber. Yes, I was. <laughs> but you were jobbing to The Undertaker, Kamala, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Hacksaw yeah. Jim Duggan, The Bushwhackers. I mean, right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I wrestled the, the Road Warriors. Hawk backed me into the ropes and he goes, clothesline. And I was running, looking back like, baby, talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> did Bob Starr duck a Road Warriors clothesline? Did that happen? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He did. Yep. He ducked a Road Warriors. Yes, finish. he did. That was something that was always heard. We, uh-huh. all, <laughs> we always heard, always heard the rumor. He ducked the Road Warrior finish. Mm-hmm. Not the finish. Not just the, a clothesline. Oh, just, just a clothesline. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, the, you ducked the finish, finish. You get killed. Yeah, the finish, so. yeah. We wouldn't know Bob. Oh anymore. my yeah. God. The, 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 yeah. Off the top rope. You know, Dwayne. Earlier, you had said something like, uh, "I was up there trying to be a star." I want to let you know that when I was growing up, the fact that Howard Finkel would always say from Baltimore, Maryland, made you a star in my eyes. And not yeah. only that, it's just like Dan said, and and Tara was just going down the list. You were always on the TV on Superstars. Yeah. You were always a Saturday morning fixture for me, already in the ring from Baltimore, Maryland, to Wayne Gill. And, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. so that first time I went to Survivor Series 95, I said this in your MCW Hall of Fame speech. And I'm going in, you know, they're corralling all the fans in, and you walked right past me. You walked right past me. You, oh, were, cutting yeah. a, you were cutting a beeline through the, the fans coming in. And I looked up, and I go, hey, you're Dwayne Gill. And you looked down at me, and you said, that's right. And then you walked on. <laughs> you know, but that, that you were always a star to me for it. Like I said, that that Baltimore, Maryland, I used to think, wow, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll see D- Dwayne Gill, you know, before the Gilbert, you yeah. know. Before I was that, always a heel then, too. Yeah. You were on the first edition yeah. of Raw, the first episode of Raw yeah. from the Manhattan Center. Yeah, I was right. actually, actually, I was on the first two years every single week. If I wasn't Dwayne Gill, I was the executioner. The That's right, because you, you did you went on the road for, as the executioners for a yeah, while for too. a long time. We used to go on the road and do like twenty eight days a month as right. the executioners. Yeah, all the house shows yep. and everything. You got house yep. show dates, and, and then everything. we'd wrestle on TV. You know, a lot of times when new new teams are coming in or whatever, they would put us on the road and do like fourteen days in ten days. You know, fourteen shots in ten days, and then we'd be on TV because then you got the match down perfect. Mm-hmm. Everything's great. You're gonna look great on TV for this new tag. This team. new team that they're trying you to know get what over, I mean? right? Yeah, and uh, you know, we did it all. That was fourteen and ten, so that was like week. That was back in the days. Would be like doubles on weekends. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like two shots. shows Saturday, two shows. Sunday. Like you'd wrestle in Baltimore, and mm-hmm. then you had to wrestle in Hershey, uh, Philly, Hershey or, or yeah, yeah Hershey, Hershey like that night Hershey. afternoon Hershey. show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> afternoon show. Mm-hmm. You, I loved it though, man. It was so much fun. I could tell you what lights are out in every arena in the United States. <laughs> yeah, from just looking up at them, right? As I told him, I was an electrician's apprentice. I was checking the lights, see which ones are out. <laughs> I got to tell you, Dwayne, not only were you a star in my eyes as a young guy, but um, also I remember thinking to myself distinctly, wow. He takes a really good beating. Like you, you would get turned inside out. It always would look like that. The guys were absolutely crunching you. Um, I never saw you take that Yokozuna bonsai where he lets his legs straight out. You know that was that was used on the beginning of Raw. That poor jobber uh, that Yoko sat Dan, on uh-huh. wasn't his name Dan, but did, well, there was a story. He behind sat on that. John Crystal um, so many times, but uh, it was um, David Thornburg. 
David Thornburg, he had he was a student of mine, and I uh, took him up there, and he, he got pissed in. Yoko off, and every, right? Well, no, what happened was everything was great in the back and on. They got in the ring, but David had this problem. Oh, he was uh, terrified. When he got nervous, he would start shaking. He'd do a great job, but he's like this, and Yoko grabbed him, and he was like, and Yoko's like, oh, he just beat the hell out of him because he thought the guy was freaking out, and so it was like, I can't let the match be screwed up. You know, right. Because it was Yoko's time of getting his big mm -hmm. push. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? that's when Yoko was getting And Vince would have tore Yoko a new butt, you know, if he'd have not destroyed like, been him. been too gentle with yeah. him. Or, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. So yeah. he destroyed him, you know what I mean? And he got in the bank and said, dude, what's wrong with you, man? You're shaking. That, that's just me, man. It, it, you know, I would have did you a great job, and he would have. Yeah. You know, but Yoko's like, I can't take that chance, you know? But he, but he gave him the shoot. Did he give him the shoot bonds? Oh, he destroyed him, man. Oh, yeah. It was on the beginning of Raw for a while. It was like yeah. Yoko it was like almost like his feet yep. slipped out of him, and it was just him just full force, all five hundred pounds, just boom hey, down on someone. I took a Yoko from Viscera when he was Mabel, uh -huh. and they were trying out, and Mo laid me out in the middle of the ring, and he was supposed to have me right next to the rope so he could, and Mabel was on top rope, and he jumped off. And when he did, his feet slid out like that. Oh, he crushed you. And I you. mean, destroy. I, I thought I thought I was dead. I mean, Shawn Michaels come running out and helped carry me back. Really? <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Oh my God!" And then so Mabel uh, went to the top rope, and oh, you were under that. Jeez. <laughs> in the middle of the ring with no holding on. Mm -mm -mm. Just I swear to you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, big big Mabel had that that reputation for a while. I remember. But he's was a awesome guy you have yeah. no idea the kindest gentlest person i'm serious i had that experience have you ever met him have you ever met him i never him? got a chance to oh meet, meet my Nelson. god yeah. Yeah. i wrestled yeah, him in new orleans it's times. like yeah hey mm -hmm. Dwayne, how you doing man yep. how is everything you all right hi right, brother good seeing you man when that, we did the radio show he was always one that would sit and talk super. to me like just super yeah. nice and like you know, some of the other guys were kind of like, you know, swatting us away. Right. But, um, like, he was always super nice and, hey, you know, just. The Godfather, yeah. Viss, and oh, I yeah. were always together. Yep. Us three were always together. I had that experience with Yokozuna that he spent. Kasadi brought him into town oh, and he yeah. spent like a week in town. Um, what a, just nothing what I expected. Oh, just a, awesome a guy. gentle giant. The first time I ever met Yoko, I was at WCW. And I had just bought two large, gigantic, large pizzas, right? And I had them there, and I just opened the top of the one, and he come walking through. So I'm like, hey, man, I, I make friends, man. <laughs> right. Hey, you want a piece? He goes, yeah, brother, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, brother. He just folded, oh, up, folded the whole pizza up and walked away. <laughs> he would, uh, thank you, brother. He would say, like, you know what I said? Through the box, there's a oh, good thing got no one. Right, right. <laughs> you go walk over in the corner and eat it by yourself. Yeah. He would he would say, and this was like 2000, and he would send us to the vending machine. It would be like RJ and oh Hogan, yeah, and he'd say, uh, "Hey, Corporal, um, go get me some Sunkissed." And I'd say, "Yeah, Rodney, like how many do you what? How many do you want?" He'd like a bundle of money, and he'd be like, "As many as this could buy." And this is like 2000, so sodas were like 50 cents, mm -hmm. and I'd like it's like. Thirty dollars, you know what I mean? I'd be like, "He wanted well, a case." This is like forty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I freaking bring him back. All the sun kissed. Hey. All the sun kissed. Everyone in the machine, 
and his hands were so massive. Mm, I remember that. that it was like, like it was like oh, mm-hmm. the little the the cans of soda. It was like the seven ounce cans. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, they the looked like he was like. They were like and little Dixie poppers. cups. Yeah, like little Dixie cups in his hands. His hands were so massive. They were like little Dixie cups. And always, and he, always had a bucket of chicken. Always had a bucket of chicken. I believe it. He sent us to, um, out there's that fast food row out near that Linthicum, out near the BWI, and it's like right next to each other. It's like a Burger King, a Wendy's, mm-hmm. a Kentucky Fried Chicken, a Taco Bell. They're all right next to him. He said, uh, we said, what do you want? We told him there's all these places right next to him. He said, um, something from every every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so we from every back, one of them. And, we, and we, sure enough, we did. But like, see, yes, that was that yeah. was Vince made him right eat. Yeah, you know, I mean, he liked eating, but I, I, Vince, they, you know, you got to stay big. 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 That was the because attraction. Because that was the, that, no, the that was his deal. He but was that was Yoko, the attraction of Right, Yoko he was Yokozuna, you know, mm-hmm. and the bigger you got, the better it was, Larger you know? Larger life, right. When I was and, a kid, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, no, go for it. When I was a kid, I bought into the Yokozuna hype so much, and I'm going to tell you how this works on the kids, <laughs> that I actually wanted to uh, to shoot him. I wanted to. I wanted to what? figure. Jeez, where did that come what? From? Jesus! Listen to me. I did not think anyone was going to be able to beat him if he beat Bret Hart at WrestleMania Nine. And around that time that 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 happened, that movie Clear and Present Danger came out. But you had Lex Luger coming. He, he wasn't there yet. He wasn't there yet. Oh, okay. It was Hulk Hogan who saved me, and I was like, okay, all's right with the world. Hulk can beat him. I forgot about him. But when he took that title from Bret Hart, I was like, somebody's got to kill him. Because there's no one that's going to be able to beat him. Yeah, you know, Um, and that was because he was so big, and I was, and that's Mm -hmm. what works on the kids, Connor, Xander. You know, they see these larger than life people, and they're like, somebody's going to be able to beat him. He's going to have the belt for life. You know, my whole family, my mom and sister, were big Bret Hart fans, and when that happened, like it was just they were devastated. Oh yeah, because like you said, there was nobody who was going to take it from him, right? And they just thought, oh, all is lost. Yeah, I'm not watching it anymore. Yeah. I was holding on to a shred that Fuji threw the salt in his eyes so that it was going to be reversed so the match was going to be started again. Didn't but no, not, no, it all came out. Yeah. And now learning the politics of everything, I think about myself jumping up and down and being so happy about it. But then I'm like, oh, but that was all a big old swerve in the <laughs> yeah. back to get yes, it out. Yes, it was. Yes, it was, right? Well, you know what? Before we reminisce even more about all of the past, I want to know, Dwayne, when did it all begin for you? Did you? Did you, when did you start training? I, I was uh, when I started training in Barry's basement. To be honest with you, Barry, Barry Hardy and we're I, talking about. Barry Hardy and I <clears throat> were buddies, and uh, I, I lived in an apartment complex, and this is exactly how we met and everything. And he was moving in, and I lived on the third story, and I was home that day, dude, dude, just laying around. And this guy is moving in with his wife, and they're moving to the third floor, him and his wife. So I went out, and I said, hey, man, you want a hand? And he said, sure. And we moved everything in, and, you know, he did the same things I did, and we had fun, you know, got to know each other. His house was here, mine was here, you know. So we walked right across the hallway to each other and hang out and everything, and everything was good. And then, you know, I got married, he moved away, we moved apart. And I used to always go, man, wrestling's on. Come on, man. Why is I ain't watching that fake stuff, man. It's, this is very hard. Crap. Yeah. That's <laughs> bull crap, man. I ain't watching that at all. I ain't watching it. And what happened was he knew a congressman who gave him tickets one day who was ringside right on the aisle. And Hulk Hogan was wrestling. 
and he felt the Hulk Hogan rush. Wow. And he went, I can do this. <laughs> and that's when he got in touch with Larry Sharp. So he wasn't track. a, Barry wasn't a light Barry fan? hated wrestling. Really? Wow. He hated wrestling. Really? Hated. I swear, I used to beg him. I go, all right, I'll be back. I'm going over and watch it. And uh, I didn't know that. I was from a little kid, man. My dad, if I was playing baseball up at the field, and they said, it's 4 o'clock Saturday, I'd turn and run as fast as I could at home. My dad had a big bowl of popcorn, and we were watching it. Man. That was it? 4 o'clock superstars? We, we, we moved to uh, <clears throat> Florida. Mm -hmm. We had standing reservations at the Eddie Graham Sports Arena. We were two rows back from the ring, man. We were there every month. Boom. I watched Dusty Rhodes start, Mike Graham, Steve Kern, all of them start, man. I watched them all start. And I was a diehard fan. And then... Uh, you know, and then me and Barry, you know, just went back to where I was. And then, well, we lost contact because he moved away. I moved away. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching wrestling one day, and I went, hey, baby. Baby, isn't that Barry? But a lot bigger. <laughs> oh, he was he was jacked, man. He was jacked. And I, she goes, it is. It is, man. I was like, wow. So I hurried up and called He was what, mother. doing jobs on WWF? Yeah, on TV? WWF. I was like, WWF, not right, e, WWF. Right, WWF. Yeah. yeah, right. And I was like, dude, this, man, I think it was uh, 1988. I was going to say, it had to be the 80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It had to be the 80s. And uh, I was like, oh, my God. Hey, oh, God. You know, so I called him, and uh, he said, I, I called his mother, and she said, he's home. That, that's pre-recorded. I was like, what's his number? What's his number? So she gave me his number. I called him. He's like, Dude, I've been looking for you since I started this. He said, man, I fell in love with this stuff. I'm like, yeah, you son of a man. <laughs> yeah. You know what right? I mean? Here I am. I love the stuff. And now here you are, wrestler. How do you? He said, man, I'll teach you. Come on over. I said, where you live? And he lived a quarter mile from my house. <laughs> really? Yeah, I went right over his house that night. I started learning hip tosses and wow. body slams and everything. In what, his basement? In his basement on a piece of carpet with half-inch padding. I love it. Yep. Swear yeah. to God. Yeah, for I like hearing that. for yeah. like four or five weeks, we trained on that piece of carpet, and then uh, they bought he bought a ring, wow. and it was it was. I mean, we had to have the ring cut down because we set it up at first. But you hit the ropes, it was like slap, oh, oh, up against the brick wall. I mean, oh. we had to have them cut down. <laughs> and uh, that you guys had a couple places that were kind of awkward. I remember hearing stories about. Was a, a little maybe a couple years before my time when I started, but I hear stories like, well, didn't you have a place like in a strip mall and it was like yep. a flower shop right next to it? I was just but, like, telling somebody just about that. The... I, no, I was just telling Drolics about it out standing out. So in you the couldn't hit, you couldn't hit the ring on two sides, right? No, the no ring you could hit it, but the pressure from hitting the ring would knock yeah. everything down. And, in the, and flower the flower shop. shop next door, right? And they yeah, they were oh, pissed. And after about. Three months, they said, we'll let you out of your lease, man. You got to go. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That flower shop's still there. Is it really? Wow. And that was probably 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Wow. Yeah, but that's how it was. You were just kind of putting the ring wherever you could. Yep. Well, yeah. we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we want to hear more about how you went from the, ti the tiny flower next door to the flower shop and how you became... Gilberg, so we have quite a, a yeah. path to get to there, but we're going to take this break and we'll be right back. All right, and we are back with Dwayne Gilberg Gill. So after you, um, and it, again, this is all like within a couple years of, of me kind of getting in, but 
I always heard, heard the stories of bouncing around. You, you're putting rings in places with Barry. But it, then you kind of, didn't you go up to New Jersey to train officially with the Monster Factory? Or no? No, no, you I didn't. didn't. Okay. No, there were multiple Monster Factory. Well, that, well, was, that his. was mine. That, that was, was his. Mine. That was his. That was Dwayne's because, and then, so I guess you just jumped right into the Indies, right? Because they were really underground around here. Yeah. At that time. Exactly so, it. like. It wasn't, it was, and that's where I was going. The first indie I went to, Bad Boy Barry Hardy was on it. I think the main event was Larry Zabisco against Nikita Koloff at UMBC. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and what, and, you know, back then, like some, like a friend of mine called me and was like, they're having wrestling at UMBC. And then after that, what's crazy is there was no, like, you really had to dig to find. There was no, like, numbers or hotlines or you couldn't go on the internet like i became obsessed with calling around and i ended up getting a couple numbers and then i think like the larry Katz show yeah and larry he would Katz. talk about yeah him. so i would have to listen to larry Katz. like you had to really mm -hmm. dig and then i from larry Katz, i found out about like dick Karakoff's out in hagerstown mm -hmm. and i would drive out there and me and my buddy rusty we're just like anything Maryland at Odenton Volunteer Fire Hall. Yep. Oh, man, we used to pack right? that place. So, yeah, man. in Steel Town. So, like, but you really had to dig to find these. You know what I mean? It was kind of like underground. Yeah, it was. Find it was. Indie shows, I guess the, you, they really just kind of advertise the way you guys advertise, again, before social media. Posters before the internet, and posters. Right? That was it. Posters that was and it. flyers. Posters, posters, posters and flyers. flyers. Posters and flyers. I grew up in Hagerstown with... You know, I'm, I was close friends with Neil Superior, right. and I grew up thinking that that was the only indie. Like, I didn't know there was, like, a whole world. Like, my, you mm -hmm. know, we would watch WWF on TV with my family. You know, um, we would go, like like I said, I knew Dick Karakoff and his family. His wife was my cheerleading coach. Like, I was, I went to college, and I lived right down the street from Neil. And so I didn't realize that there were indies like that all over the place. And then when I came here, I was like, wait, they have wrestling here, too? Like, I really didn't know. <laughs> we used to work all the time for Dick as the executioners against yeah. the Rock and Roll Express all the time. Yeah. He was something else. Dick. Uh, he was a nice mm -hmm. guy. He was yeah. a nice guy. He was a good dude. And he I was would a worker, that's for and, sure. <laughs> and he would, when I started wrestling, he would use me, and he used me all the time. Yep. Um, and uh, I'll never forget, like, Dick was, he didn't do the stereotypical, like, make up a fake excuse or whatever. You know, like if guys know, that's what I remember. Are most you talking about, about the time like, with Jake? With Jake? Did with Jake John? Roberts? With <laughs> Jake got, Roberts? He's got demons, huh? He's got, yeah, he's got, yeah, yeah, and yeah. People started coming up for it, but yeah. he told the truth. He went yeah, out there. Did I tell you guys that yeah, story? Yeah, love yeah, love that was story. A, yeah, well, he just was like, I'm not gonna. He just go out there, and he had a thousand people there, and he starts telling Jake Roberts. He said, "I'm not even gonna lie. The man has demons." <laughs> you know what I mean? But, it, it fell silent. Going, yeah, and it fell silent. It was like a thousand people at Clear Springs High yep. School. Mm -hmm. yep. And he's like, and he's talking, he's real, you know, he had a real country. Yeah. You know what I mean? He said, um, but he's going to get help. You know what I mean? And then he was like, he's found, he said, he's found Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh -huh. And he's going to get yeah. help. And the people started coming up. Oh, so yeah. he turned, and at the time, he was, Jake Roberts was a huge star. Oh, yeah. And yes, he turned he it around, and Jimmy Snuka came out. Or the Bushwhacker. Was it Jimmy Snooker or the Bushwhack? It was one I think Jimmy Snooker was already on. Maybe one of the Bushwhackers came out. But regardless, just being completely honest and not BSing like, oh, he missed a flight mm -hmm. or this and that. And the place erupted. And um, but that was Dick. That was Dick. I ain't I ain't gonna lie. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Jake Snake Roberts has demons. That's right. That's what he said. Yeah. Like, That's exactly how he said he it. He found yeah. Jesus Christ that. and he's going to get help. You know what I mean? And people are, ah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, up. You know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't chant that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was, he was something else, man. Rest in peace, Dick Herrick. Right. He was a good guy. He was a That's good guy. Sure. So the Indies were underground. You trained with, with Barry in his basement. Can you can you tell us your first match? Was it against Barry? And, oh, and yeah, what? it was against Barry, and it was actually MCW's first match ever. You know, because uh, Axel, Barry, and I started MCW back. It was actually 1990. Where are you calling it? Maryland Championship Maryland Wrestling? Maryland Championship Wrestling. <coughs> you said 91? 90. 90, 1990. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Yeah, and how would anyone have heard about that? I guess just the posters on the uh, sides we of just, the we, we would pound the pavement and put posters everywhere. And, I mean, you can ask Dan. There was never a show we had that wasn't, I mean, walls were lined with people standing up. And that's only from wow. flyers and mm-hmm. posters. Yeah, and it's it's hard to think to run a wrestling promotion like that. Like now, you put it on social media, you put it on right. the website. But there was, like, nothing. That was, like... We, we had to dig. You know, there was like dig. nothing to keep people informed as to where the show was next, yep. where your next show was going to be. You had to dig and find. And I remember getting numbers of a couple people, like I think associated with Larry Katz show, and I'd mm-hmm. call them for my mom's house number. <laughs> Is there anything coming up? I mean, yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Is there anything mm-hmm. shows coming up? So, yeah, you really Larry had Katz to was cool. Larry yeah. Katz he was cool. Me, yeah. Yeah. He was Larry awesome. Katz he was. was cool. He was. That was... um. Just different. Yeah, guys like Larry Katz and uh, Gary, Gus. I mean, that's how I would hear about you and you was calling Gary's hotline. Yeah, well, that became a couple thing a couple years later was the hotline. Mm -hmm. That was in the probably early 90s after I had got into it. 92, 93. 92, 93, you'd have these voicemail that's numbers. all they were they were just, voice- was just a, it <laughs> yeah. was just a yeah. voicemail number uh-huh you know and when i so when i started and, and yeah and we it would be the wrestling information hotline it was just a local number that people called and you would call the voice and you'd give a wrestling update inside information but then we started utilizing that concept again when we first started doing mcw because the internet was still really really right. young mm-hmm. not everybody had it so that was how we that was the tool that we used when we were running MCW in the in the mid to late nineties. How we would keep that's how we would update mm-hmm. people as our next show. Our next yep. show, you know, they call mm-hmm. the hotline number. It was MCW. you. You were doing yeah. it, weren't you? We still Take have it. a hotline. We still <laughs> have oh, a hotline. You definitely <laughs> took MCW. We do. Oh, exactly. it could be I don't know, but do we still is it this do we still have the same number? We still have a hotline. Is it the same number that we've had? No. Oh, no. 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 There was a voicemail number. American voicemail, I think it was yeah. called. I got to tell you, that's 10 bucks a month. That was, yep, that I was, remember. That was tough. That was Back tough then. for a 22-year-old mm-hmm. kid with working at Chuck E. Cheese. Yep. Yeah, $10 you know? a month. <laughs> I got yeah. to pay this 10 bucks a month. There's no return on it. I got to tell you, that those hotlines, though, are kind of what, what revealed to me when I was really younger that wrestling was predetermined. Uh, because, you know, the set of tapings where Razor Ramon won the Intercontinental Championship, um, you know, from Rick Martel, you know, it was a battle royal and it came down to Razor Ramon and Rick Martel. Well, Gary said the whole, like, thing, even that, and Razor Ramon won the Intercontinental Belt. That episode didn't air until, until like, three weeks uh, later. So I thought, oh, this is, I, I don't know what, I just felt like that, they were saying it was live, but it wasn't. So that revealed to me that there was more than just real stuff going on. That it was a production. It was a TV taping. I didn't even know about the difference between like live wrestling and, <clears throat> and them getting stuff in the can and then releasing it. You know, 
Uh, mm-hmm. Because, of course, in if you go to the shows, then the Intercontinental Championship is, is vacant. But actually, Razor Ramon was the Intercontinental Champion, but they wouldn't let him come out at the Capitol Center with the belt because that, that episode of TV hadn't aired yeah, yet. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I was that's like, right. you yeah. know, I was like, they would, wait that's a how they would protect it. Yeah, yeah. That's how they would protect yeah, so it. That, right. But that was what kind of let me on that this stuff is like more of a not like the football players going out there, you know, but more like there's something more going on when I was real, real young, you know. Yeah, so back, I, back I, then, the heels had to be on their side of the bar, the faces right. were on their side mm-hmm. of the bar. You couldn't hang out together or nothing. I was probably in like 15, 16 years old. And, I, and uh, you know, I mean, it was a different time then. But uh, doing the doubles, me and my buddy Rusty went to, we did like doubles, like an afternoon show in Baltimore Arena. And then we're like, hey, we're going to go up to Hersey, Pennsylvania, too. Just, no stuff. And they do the same matches. Uh, exact. Same moves. Same matches. Everything. Same finishes. <laughs> and I remember looking at Rusty like, Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just did that. He fell for that again. Right? You know, he fell for that again. Oh my God! Yeah, and that was for me where I first. I just loved it so much and was such a fan, and there wasn't. Yeah, that, that was for me where I started going. <laughs> the jig is kind of up yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That was for me. It was the. You hot know when moments. I realized it wasn't real, when I. Barry started teaching me. <laughs> hey man, listen, I'll say that I say this all the time. I, Even I though that happened when I was sixteen or seven, I'm not joking. I still believed when I started training that the monster fight. You know, you weren't there, but that was when Axel and Ian had gotten back from Memphis. And I, I tell stories and people laugh. Like I, I was, I was trying to convince myself it was real. And I remember I'll just like that. That's how I think Axel and Ian took a liking to me because. They, I would, they would like they were teaching bumps and they're talking about like taking clotheslines and like you go down and I'm like I'm not going down. Right? She knocked me down. You know what I mean? And actually, and I remember them like laughing under their breath. They were like ribbing me, but I didn't realize. But I was being serious. And they're yeah. like, they were like, oh, you're not gonna. What are you gonna do? And I remember oh, saying, they beat the hell out of them. Oh, but I remember saying, it's like, oh, I'll duck it. And they're and Axel's like, you'll duck it. And I'll say, I'll catch you in a crucifix. And then Axel's like, oh, you think you can? You think you're quick enough? And then he'd like shoot me in and I like did it. But he's letting me. I don't realize these. I said, see, you know what I mean? And he was like laughing. Uh-huh. And I think he was trying to realize, is this kid for real? But I was. Yeah. Because I want even at that moment when I'm learning about it, mm-hmm. like I didn't want to accept it was what it was. Right. And right. I wanted to still believe. So, but uh, yeah. And then they beat the crap out of me um, for a couple weeks relentlessly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they just kind of was like, all right, this kid ain't going anywhere. But um, yeah, I, so I'm the same way, even though that had happened and I kind of had that little bit of exposure, tiny bit. I still, I, I was like, I, I gave myself the men in black. I didn't see that. Right. Yeah. I didn't see that because I, I wanted to believe. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to believe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I realized then, like, I wanted to believe it. You know, it's like like, like when kids believe in Santa Claus or something. I yep. remember my oldest son, he believed until he was 12. He's years, real. He believed until he was 12 years old. He's by real. the time he got to 12, he had created all these different scenarios. He's like, well, each country, each geographic location, each time zone I has a different Santa. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because thing. he wanted to believe it. He wasn't ready to let go of that. Like, you know, yeah. you just kind of convince yourself. Like, like I said, I had grown up around this as well. And I would go down and watch like 
Neil training. Like my first bump was in that ring, you know, and I understood that they had to practice, but I still disconnected that from what was on TV. Like, I really didn't put that together. (laughs) Like, I just didn't want to. And then by the time I came down here and then, you know, decided to do it myself, I was kind of like, oh, I can't ever go back to being like, that kid screaming at my TV anymore, can I? <laughs> like, now I know. Now you know. Yeah. Now you know. <laughs> it, so th- how long How long were you doing matches before? Because if Barry was already doing jobs up WWE, did you almost kind of go immediately? Really? Yeah. Like, without, <laughs> <laughs> without, like, doing a whole bunch of indies and stuff Six like that? Six months. Six months. Wow. Six yeah, months. And you were up doing yeah, jobs in WWE. in front of Larry Sharp. And, you know, I could do that one thing that nobody else could do is go come in the hard way and go all the way across. That's the right. Yes. That's right. And do a flip. Hit I remember that. The other that side. was your signature thing. You well, did. Larry was coming at. I still remember, man, we were up here doing that. It was Glenn Ruth. And uh, Thrasher. Yeah, Thrasher. Headbanger Thrasher. Man, we were beating the hell out of each other. And uh, he tagged Barry in and Barry, you know, because Barry was on the other side so we could do the move, you know. And out came Larry with this humongous tattooed guy with a mohawk. And I'm talking 6'10", 390 pounds of muscle. Wow. The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? When he was the soul taker. The soul mm-hmm. taker. That's, That's right. And uh, so um, with that, Barry goes, ready? I said, yeah. So bam, I went shot in, hit, one out the other side. Me and Glenn started going out, and he said, whoa, 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 stop, 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 Larry Sharp, stop. Now, here I am. I'm shitting myself. I'm <laughs> Larry Sharp for the first time, and this monster that's with him, right? And uh, I go, what's up? He goes, Kid, I don't believe I've seen what I think I saw. Can you do that again? And I said, what's that? And he said, you know, come in the ring. And I said, sure. So we get out there and Barry Stone punches. He goes, stop. Don't throw no punches. Don't do nothing. Just pull his ass in the ring. Okay. I went, boom. I hit and I stood up and leaned on the rope like this. Is that what you wanted? That was a 20-foot ring. He goes, you can go. And that's how I got to go to WWE. You can go, meaning you can go yep, to WWE. I can go to WWE. <laughs> WWE something WWE special. WWE. And do jobs. Right, right. Yeah. And do jobs. And uh, I just, he, Larry told me right out. He goes, man. The way you bump, they're going to eat you up up there. And I was doing two, three, four. I mean, I remember one time I was up there, and that's when they had the trailer that they all set in, you know, the the production trailer. Mm -hmm. And Vince McMahon come out of the trailer, and he goes, you, get undressed now and get in your street clothes. He goes, this is not the Dwayne Gill hour. Stop using him because I went out like, Four times in the first hour. <laughs> Even though it was were the guy people. were the boys picking you, like huh? the boys wanted to yeah, work with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, because you put them over with the uh-huh. bumps and you made them look. And like I loved it because I knew that was my job. Mm-hmm. So when I got came home, I would practice getting my ass beat. Now, I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. You know, like I did the Ric Flair thing where he you know runs and dies, mm-hmm. but move. And then I catch myself, and I'm on the road, spiral, oh, oh, oh. Then I can dance, you know, go around the ring. Oh, oh, when I bounce back in, they can clothesline me there, you know? Right. Just, I came up with all, so many different ways. I to could put just, other people over. Yeah, mm-hmm. to put them over. Yeah. Yeah, you did a great job at it. Yeah. I, like I said, I always remember you just, Tatanka looked like he was chopping through you, you know, yeah. when he wouldn't. To when be he, honest with you, when I wrestle him, 
You're talking about the one when I was outside the ring and he knocked. He he come up, me chopped me and started doing his dance. I said, "Thank you, sir. Can I have another?" <laughs> oh, yeah. oh wow! Sure, <laughs> come back. Oh, ah, I want another. Oh, okay. Wow, I mean, we called him Chief Heavy Hands because he he hurt. And about the fourth one, I was calling him a sissy and everything. But took I got like six of them. I said, Needle him. Ah, I'm enough. I'm enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm enough. Yeah, you're not I'm a sissy enough. <laughs> so, yeah, how long was it? Were you into it? I guess then, like, because th this is how I kind of entered the business. Um. Because I was actually, I had driven up to New Jersey and to the Monster Factory, and I had went there with Larry and Glenn, Headbanger Thrasher, was the trainer. And I was all set, <clears throat> I was all set to um, start driving to New Jersey twice a week. I had just graduated high school, and then I, Larry Katz, there was a show, I think, down at Odenton Volunteer Fire Department, and then and I'm there, and they're like he always advertised. Yeah, this. and then on the on the announcement, I can't even remember who was the announcer at the time. But then they were like, "Now open Monster Factory Baltimore," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> you know. And then I'm going. I, yeah, you I'm know, going. like so was that just you pitched that because there wasn't any schools, I guess, in the area. So did you approach Larry about that? Yeah, I approached Larry and uh, said I wanted, you know, I want to own a Monster Factory. What's the take? He said, yeah. Go ahead and open one. Yeah. So, and uh, he was really surprised after like six months, I gave him like $8,000. He was like, what? What's this? I said, 10% of my students. <laughs> yeah, he's like, really? I said, yeah, a bunch of students, man. It was crazy. I had a lot of students. We had two rings. We had weights. Yeah. We had everything. Wow. And everything was going perfect until I partnered with Dave Demiglio. And I got because I needed somebody that could stay at the school full time. Yeah, because you really started. were never there. Axel, and not you Axel, were always yeah. on the road. Yeah. After Axel trained you and all, you know yourself, he started getting real big in ECW, well, ECW and all, huh? and he was never around. So I was like, I got to find somebody. So Dave Demiglio, the cream team, I asked him, and he was like, well, Were you yeah. doing overseas tours or stuff too? No, no. I just, did, I, just I just remembered you, and I'd say I'd run into you, and you'd be like september and i'd be like hey yeah when will you be back down and you'll be like like oh, i'll be back in november like, like what <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah you know what i mean you would go on the road for yeah exactly a while mm -hmm. you know yeah and uh bob star poor bob star lost probably six or seven jobs because of me <laughs> yeah because you would all go bob i got a 10-day tour i quit see you <laughs> <Right>. yeah <laughs> well that was living that was yeah. the life for him yeah, you know to break it in now, wait, you just mentioned something, the cream team. I've heard of the cream team before, but never, what was Dave D'Amiglio? Sid Garrison and Dave D'Amiglio. Yeah, and uh, anyway, Dave was what was Sid's, What was his name? Though? Sid Garrison. Is that what he wrestled? That's his real name. Oh, okay. Yeah. I definitely remember Dave D'Amiglio. We had his picture up in Bone Breakers. Yeah. He yeah. passed away, right? Yeah. You yeah, guys kind of had a. Yeah. Well, what happened split. was, what happened was, I was on the road and, uh, I came home one day and I went into school and I, you know, walked right on into the office. I was on the road for probably two months and I walked into the office and uh, Hack Myers, Donald Haviland, was uh, in the office and I was getting dressed. And I looked up and I said, why are you in the office? Because he was just a student. He goes, me, why are you in the office? I said, I happen to own this son of a bitch. Why? How about you? And, uh, he, he went out, he like got out of the office, right? And then I worked out that day with the students and everything, and then I left. 
and I went back on the road. And when I came back, like 15 days later, I went to the school, opened the door, and there is nothing. I mean, no weights, no nothing. Wow. He took everything and moved because Donald told him that. One, one court, like one shopping yeah, one, center one, over. <laughs> yeah, block one, over. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was so, warehouses. So it was oh, like okay. one. Like how Bone Breakers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a big, like, like uh, uh-huh. complex back yeah. there, and it was like one mm-hmm. set of buildings over. So I was freaking out, man. So I'm, I mean, I'm pissed. And uh, I called Mark. I, I remember. I, I called remember. Mark, and he's like, oh, I don't know. I said, Mark, I'm going to drive to your house, and I'm going to rip your head off if you don't tell me who it is. Okay, Lizzie's right across the street at this number. Yeah. <laughs> they told me. Stooge it right I out. I remember. Over there, man. I Banging on the door. You, I was punching that thing. It was denting the door. I was in the building. Oh, but I was going to come on out. You, I was in the building that day. You, wow. You, I was just a young. You I was just. You sissies. You know what I mean? And nobody would come wrestling. out. I was just a scared. Like, nobody would come because out. Because no, he didn't. I said, I see your say feet under the door. On. Come on out. I'm going to kick your asses. I, I, was, I would have killed David Miguel. So yeah. I, I literally called his wife and I said, you know you're married to a dead man. Wow. She goes, what? And I said, I'm going to kill your husband. I'm coming up your house, and I'm going to sit on your front step, and I'm going to kill your husband when he comes home. I was going to beat him to a pulp. He stole everything. He stole everything. Just the rings, he moved them in a different building. The rings, yeah. my weights, everything. Yeah, because I remember that was that time we we didn't even know what was going on? We were just young kids training. Yeah. And we're like, and it moved, and we're like, what's going on? You know what I mean? And we're in a different warehouse, and then all of a sudden, Dwayne's wow. at the door. He's banging. Yeah. I wasn't working. He's banging. Like, did he house. change the name? or He uh, did. The, he, well, did he didn't he... call it the Monster Factory anymore, No, I don't right? know what the hell he called I can't it. even okay. remember. <laughs> I can't even remember. I, it was, I mean, I mean I was, it's still pretty ballsy to move the next shopping center years. over. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> the rings. He took the two rings. He took everything. He took wow. the two rings. And, you know, like, we're young kids in wrestling. I just wanted to wrestle, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I didn't know what was going on. Um, and the only thing in that school that was his was the red ring. Because he had a wooden ring, and he was like, dude, I don't want to leave it out. Oh, that thing that I was the freaking. So I oh put it God. in there. That thing took years off my life. Yeah. <laughs> Train. This ring was, this was worse than a deck. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was a boxing ring. Yeah. And they never really took the right. metal off the bottom and changed it the way you need to mm-hmm. change a wrestling ring from a boxing ring to a wrestling ring. Oh, yeah. oh, God. Just so is it, so bone, is bone student, rattling every time you took a bump in. <laughs> You were in that ring. Boom, yeah. boom. And that's where oh, Axel and Ian kicked the crap yep. out of me for yep. a couple months and were power bombing me in it. And mm. Oh, brutal. Mm-hmm. Just knocking brutal. the wind out of you. Oh, it's killing me. Just killing me. Concussions. You know what I mean? Just, oh, tearing my elbows up. Brutal. It was that ring was brutal. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, it, it was. was bad. Welcome to the nice business. place, though, wasn't it? Huh? it was a nice place, though. Wasn't yeah, it? but you know, again, you're you're dumb and young, yeah, and you just don't care. Like you know, we just I didn't care. I just I was happy you know, to be here. Just ha- I just I was in I'm a wrestling in. ring. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. That's all yeah. I cared about. I kn- I know, man. I was there. I did it. <laughs> I did the same thing. We got to take a break. We do. Yeah, we got to take do. a break. And I want to talk more about some of the other accolades, including mm-hmm. you being the longest reigning WWF light heavyweight champion yeah, we in still the history. Get to yeah, we got to get to that. We yeah. Gotten All right. that yet. Yeah, yeah. All right. When we come back. All right. So at some point, Dwayne, you went from, uh, you know, 
shopping centers, flower shops, etc. You were doing all of these jobs for WWF. And tell us how you went from that to becoming the longest reigning light heavyweight champion in WWF history. Okay, what happened was I got hurt down in WCW. Remember when I blew my shoulder out and everything in WCW? And I was off for like, I'll say a year and a half. And Rich and Earl, the Holy Rollers, they, uh, they kept, come on, man, come on back to the independent. Mess around on the independence, man. Have some fun. Because I was like, I'm done, man. I'm man, My shoulder's In your gone. head, you were finished. Yeah, you know, I got injured, so I didn't realize. So I came back and started messing around, and I was playing. <laughs> And I was on a couple of your shows, and Mark Osborne said, well, hey, you want to mess around? Let's start making fun of all the boys. We'll do the Underfaker. We'll do... <laughs> that was Stone. MEWF, though. It was, I was actually uh, Dennis. Was it right? MEWF? Yeah. Okay, it was Dennis. You were doing and, MEWF. We were and, competing. Uh, he in. said, we'll do Stone Old, remember? Because I came out, and Mark was... So you were just doing parodies. It was, no, it was an MCW show, because I came out, Mark's mom and all was doing the gimmicks, and I got up on the top rope, and I looked right at his mother and went, you is it out? That was no, it was MEWF. Went, was it MEWF? Yeah, it was MEWF. Oh, she goes, Dwayne. I went, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you were and you were just mocking and parodying. Yes, I was making fun of everybody. So I was up WWF. You did Stone Old, Gilberg, and a couple others. Yeah, right? like and uh, so so he said, um, you know, WWF. WWE. WWE. No, it was WWF. They called me and said, can you come up and do some jobs? We see you're working back on the independence. I said, sure. No problem. I'd love to. This is like 96, 97. So it was just a new job. 98. 98. And you had already cut the hair off because the people that from the early part of your career, the long blonde locks. Right. You now have a shaved head. They didn't know. They didn't know that you were shaved They didn't know it was bald. And and, uh, what happened was they said, we got to get... Howard Finkel called me, and he said, Dwayne, I was told by Vince McMahon, find Dwayne Gill. And that was when the Survivor Series, when Mankind was going up against a mystery opponent, and they, everybody thought it was Shawn Michaels, remember? Mm-hmm. And uh, so... That was the they, rumor. I, went, I said, Howard, I don't do pay-per-views, man. He said, well, I want you here. Make a payday anyway. I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. So sure enough, you know, I, they blew me in everything, and I was there, and I'm sitting there. I was literally playing cards with Thrasher an hour before the show started. And Mick come walking through, Mick Foley, and he goes, Hey, Dwayne, how's it going? I said, All right. He said, You ready for tonight? I said, What about tonight? Man? I said, It's pay-per-view, Mick. I don't, I don't work pay-per-views. He goes, Oh, my God. They really did keep it a secret, didn't they? <laughs> I go, What? And he goes, You're the mystery opponent. And I went, what? He goes, yeah, you're the mystery opponent tonight. It was mankind. Yeah, right? it was yeah, mankind. It was, yeah. I was talking. Yeah. yeah, but no, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. But it was mankind. Yes, it was mankind. Yes, and uh, so uh, I was like, wow. So I, I gotta get dressed. I hurry up and got dressed and everything. And uh, I, I, uh, I, yeah, yeah. You, I. No, I'm thinking about it about how you. The, the pyro like gave you a heart attack. But that, that they, wasn't, they that had wasn't no Gilbert, clue. Man. No, they had no clue. That was just Dwayne Gill. Yeah, you just did Dwayne Gill. And what happened was I was looking up at the uh, <laughs> at the thing and they were showing me getting pinned by everybody and taking everybody. <laughs> that's right, you like... And I was talking to the fans. Well, look at that, man. That's me up there. That's me up there. Yeah, that's right. That's... Boom. And I dropped down. Remember, I like laid flat on the ground. I went. 
I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. So they loved it. And what happened was Ed Farrar that night when he went back to the hotel with his VHS tape. Yes, that's how long ago it was. Yeah. <laughs> with his VHS tape. And they watched it in the room. His wife goes, look at that guy. He just loves being there, man. He's all about it. You need to hire him. So the next day, I'm there and uh, just to do jobs again, right? Just at the tapings. So would, was it the raw tapings the next day? Yeah, it was yeah, at the tapings. Right. I thought I was there to do a job. You right. know what I mean? And uh, Jim Ross comes up. I'm playing cards with uh, Glenn again, Thrasher, and uh, he goes, Dwayne, Dwayne, can you take a walk with me? I said, Sure thing, Jim. No problem. So I'm walking with him. And all of a sudden, we're going around, and we're walking away from everybody, and we're walking like, you know, you can walk underneath the, the seats, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And he's walking, I'm thinking, okay, what did I do? What did I do wrong? What did I, do? And I ain't been here in so long. I didn't do nothing wrong, man. What the hell? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then he stops, and he turns around, and he goes, well, Dwayne, I guess you're wondering why I brought you back here. I said, uh, well, Jim, yeah, I kind of am. And he goes, <laughs> well, it's like this. We want to put the light heavyweight title on you, but... To do that, we got to sign you to a three-year contract. And I went, <laughs> I said, yeah, right. I said, Paul Bear, Undertaker, Headbangers, where are you at? You son of a man, I'm going to kick your ass. You know what I mean? You really thought you were being ribbed. Yeah, and, uh, and I turned around, and I turned around, and Jim Ross is like, and I went, you ain't lying, are you, Jim? He said, oh, no, son, that's a straight shoot. And I went, well, let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> and he goes, no, take your time, call your wife. Call. I said, I don't care about my wife. <laughs> I don't care about nothing. I said, I'll sign it. Where's it at? You he didn't said, even talk money. No, you didn't. I said, it. I'll sign it. Uh -huh. He goes, well, give me time to go get a contract, get it mailed here, and all that. I said, just go sit down, take it easy. So that, so you didn't win the light heavyweight title as Gilbert. You won it as as Dwayne Gill. Dwayne Gill is the longest reigning light heavyweight champion. Even in, uh, if you look at in WWE's thing, longest mm -hmm. reigning singles champions, I am eighth of all times. Really? Yes, I'm eighth of all times. I'm talking Pedro Morales, Bruno Because you did the job squad, right? They put you in the right, job okay. squad. The job Scorpio, squad. Al Snow. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So how long were you that? When Then when, when did Gilbert? I was, I was doing some shows, house shows and everything, and I was in the back talking to Paul Bear. Cause you know, you know, yeah. he was awesome. Yeah. Percy was, he was awesome, a great man. Dude. And I'm talking to him and Kane, and uh, I'm like, "Yeah, man, I did this and did that." And oh, thank Mark Osborne, thank you, brother, man. <laughs> yeah. You know? And you, you just pitched like, "Hey, I did Gilbert." Uh, no, we were just talking, you know. And I said, <laughs> "Yeah, on the Indies, I did Stone Old, you know." I said, "Walk out with a walker and everything." I took pool swimmies and made braces out of them and everything. Man, it was funny as hell. And I said, and I did, I did uh, the Underfaker. I said, and I did Gilbert. And I and it, and that's when uh, Paul Bear goes, "Oh, Dwayne Gill, you may have something there, boy." I'm telling you, that Gilbert. Was, yeah. That was at a time ooh. Goldberg was the big star on the yes. opposite show. So he goes, you look like him too. Said, yeah. <laughs> so every time I walked by him the rest of the night, Kane and him would go, Gilbert, Gilbert, <laughs> Gilbert. So the next day at TV's, I was in catering, 
And he had probably 20 of the boys going, Gilbert, Gil, I'm getting my food. So I said, I went, boom, jumped up on the table. And, <laughs> and you just everybody laughed. And that was it, right? So And then just the chatter and the locker I came room. home, and by Wednesday, I got a call from the office. And they said, hey, you know, we want you to be Gilbert. And, you know, you're going to count starts, 0 and 1, 0 and 2. I said, whoa, 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 I don't want to be Gilbert. And they said, why? I said, I'll lose my title. I said, I just won the damn thing. <laughs> and they go, no, that's the beauty. You're going to wrestle heavyweights. You can't lose your title. I said, when do we start? Yeah. <laughs> so this was during Goldberg's winning streak, right? Yes. Like, what, 170 something yeah. or whatever? And yeah. Then, and then, so we started right. 0 and 1, 0 and 2, yeah. 0 and 3. Just to, beat him, just to be like, we, we, would, got we would watch and see who he wrestled and then make fun of the actual match mm -hmm. he had and everything. It was a ball. It yeah. was brilliant, is what it was. So. Yeah. yeah. And it still and it it, got over. Yeah. They had no clue. They had no. And what was funny was the day that I was going to do it, I'm all happy all day. Then and then and then about an hour for the show. Vince walks up, puts his hand on my shoulder, and he's like beside you my shoulder. And he's going, So you ready for tonight? I'm really counting on you. I hope you do a good job. Have a go. No pressure yeah, So no now pressure. I'm like right, no I'm stress. like <laughs> So I'm like, oh God. oh God, I'm walking back and forth. I'm worrying and triple H came up to me and he goes, Dwayne, what is wrong, dude? And I told him, he goes, oh, man, don't worry about that. He said, you're doing a spoof. He said, remember when I did the crock and all that and everything? He said, it didn't matter. He said, if you slip and fall and roll down the damn thing, just jump up and go, ah. He said, don't think it was all part of it. Basically, you can't, oh. you can't mess up a spoof. Right. I right. said, yeah. okay, yeah. I mean, took the weight of the world off my shoulders. But the only thing that I messed up was I had Chuck Norris gloves, not knowing that there was a metal bar running through the palm. And if you watch the very first time I came out, I come out. Ah, <laughs> oh, you, you knocked oh, yourself yeah, out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I yeah. myself in the head, man. I almost knocked myself out because that steel bar. <laughs> oh, no. Went, Ah, <laughs> right. I did, man. They had no clue, and I mean, that's why, you know. Well, they wanted me to wrestle Edge the first time, and I said, "You want to make fun of the guy, right?" And they're like, "Yeah." I said, "Let me wrestle Luna," and Luna's going, "No, this is raw. This is raw, Dwayne." And millions of people said, "Come on, Luna! In real life, you can kick my ass." And you know as well as I do. You know as well as I do. I'm not lying. Am I lying? Yeah, no, uh -huh. And she goes, you want to do it? And the guy, the writers are like, let me talk to Vince. And Vince loved it. The only thing was, Pat Patterson messed up the finish. Because I said, when I get her up in the jackhammer, she wiggles. Boom. One, two, three. He said, no, no, no. She's got to dive off the top rope. Well, when we did it, and in that match, she got lost. And uh, we ran right into each other in the middle of the ring. And she goes, I'm lost. I went, ball shot. Because didn't know what to do. And she dropped down. And she went, boom. And when she did, I grabbed her arm as tight as I could. Now her arm is stuck between my legs. <laughs> and I'm going, oh. 
as mad as I could and as high pitched as I could. <laughs> and I'm looking and she's going, let go of me, you son of a bitch, let go of my arm, let go of my arm. And I'm going, oh, right in her face. And she's going, I'm going to kill you. I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and then I fell over. I mean, if you remember correctly, I fell over. And uh, then we went into the finish of the match and everything. And when I got her up, that jackhammer, she fell on me, the place blew up. I mean, blew up. And then she had to get up and get on the top rope. And they were like. So that should have been the finish. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I'm going to watch yeah. that We come match. back and Pat Patterson goes, you were right. And I'm never wrong. Like yeah. that. Yeah. He goes, you were right. That is your finish from now on. You go for the jackhammer and they fall on you. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. That was it. I mean that that's how that's how it became about. That it was yeah, I I see, no matter what, everybody's like, Yeah, but even though you got a contract, you get transformed back into a jobber. I No I man, it's, at the end of the day it's about making right? money. That's Dude, what I do. you killed it on the indies after that. I oh mean you my were God you man. know, you would uh now man, it's all it's just a business. It's all yeah. about making money and you had an opportunity to do what yeah. Thousands of people have never had the chance. I, I fulfilled my dream. I mean, to be honest with you, after I won that title, I really did go into Vince's office, thank him, and I was crying. Yeah. You yeah. know, because you know yourself, when you put a belt on somebody, you rely on that person to put some asses in the seats and... You know what I mean? Yeah, you're a, you're a flag bearer. And you're, yeah, you're, that's you're what it's the, about. You're the you company's dependent on right. you. Right. Yeah. And I there's mean, a it, lot that goes with it. People, oh, it's a, it's it's wrestling. It's it's a belt you win it. But as when a promoter does it, and a, there's a there's a um, there's a lot of meaning mm -hmm. behind it, and a lot of trust. I might be you know, longest reigning like light every champion. Do you know I'm the only American oh, ever oh, to hold that belt? The only American. Yeah, because no, really? took it from you. Yeah, yeah, Rio. The only American. It was always in China. Mm -hmm. Japan, I mean. Tiger Mask. And then Tiger, Ty, uh, Michinoko brought it over mm -hmm. here. Back. Christian won it. That's Canadian, right? Canadian. Mm -hmm. I beat Christian. Dean Malenko won it. Canadian. Is Dean Malenko oh, Canadian? Malenko's Canadian. I thought it was I S.A. That. I thought it was S.A. Rios. Yeah. I thought I oh, S.A. beat me. That's right. That's right. I thought it was S.A. Rios who beat you for the belt. Yeah. from Mexico. Yeah. And... Dean, uh, Dean, Dean. I think Dean took it from S.A. Rios mm -hmm. yeah. a long yeah. time ago. And that's yeah. when they retired it. Yeah. yeah. You certainly got a lot of traction. I believe it was, what, 99? You were uh, PWI, like, number 120. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, and then you, like Dan was saying, you took it on to the indies. You, I mean, you really made it into something, mm -hmm. you know, that people wanted to see more of. I just don't understand why they never made the action figure. I was the number one yeah, wanted did. figure oh, wow. for a year straight. In Jack's toys, one year straight, I took magazines in, showed them I was number one wanted, mm -hmm. and every everybody wants it. Everybody wants. I don't understand why they don't make a Goldberg Gilbert box set. It's oh, coming. Everybody it's would coming. love to just be, you know, have Goldberg beat him up, or you know what I mean. They need they need more content, you know, and stuff for the kids to buy. So I guarantee you, you know, they make those Legends of the Ring sets, you know, or those the commemorative match, like the matchups. Yeah, yeah, dream matchup dream sets. Match so it's it's got to be coming. Speaking of Goldberg. <clears throat> He really didn't take kindly to it. He really, really pissed him off. He? he doesn't like it at all. Uh, he doesn't like it at all. Didn't you guys ever talk? Like uh, he, he it, one time, one time uh, I was doing an um, autograph session. I said, I want to <laughs> see Bill. You know, I want to talk to Bill and all. And he said, yeah. So I walked down and he was up on stage doing stuff. And I come walking up. He pressed me above his head. And we did a bunch of pictures together and everything. And uh, 
he literally it was just before he got came back the first time to win the title and he gave me a hug and he said thank you brother and i said for what and he said if you wouldn't have been pushing this all these years they would have forgot about me and i wouldn't be getting this run i'm in and i went good now do me a favor let's have this match me against you you'll get a million i'll get a hundred grand i can retire i said let's do it please but from what i understand somebody has a thumb on me that's why i don't have shirts i don't have dolls i don't have nothing because somebody has it in somebody a in the office didn't like something. you or... no somebody has it in a contract or something that says gilbert gets nothing goldberg you think i, I don't know hmm. you know i don't know but the people i know that are in the know let me just put it to you that way that i said why why and they, they're like i don't know and then they said let me search and they said, well, what I can tell you is somebody's got a thumb on you. That's it. I can't tell you no more. I said, okay. The politics yeah. of the wrestling. Yeah. You always want to know why, don't you? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I got to say one thing I'm going to put over. Uh, that light heavyweight championship, that version of the light heavyweight championship was one of the most beautiful belts. I love uh, it, Championship that titles awesome. that they they ever had. Uh, the, you know, that red leather strap. Oh, yeah. And, and the triangular it. formation it. of it. I love that championship belt. Mm-hmm. It's a shame they retired it. Yeah. If they were to bring it back, who would you want to see it on? Me. (laughs) (laughs) One more run. One more run. (laughs) Dwayne, did you ever Uh, do anything in ECW? Yeah. Uh huh. I um I did a couple matches against nine one one because I was the only one that could really do what he wanted to do. And Paul, as a matter of fact, Paul, it was funny as hell because Paul was in the ring, you know, doing he had his phone and everything then. And he, he's yelling, and he's talking about 911. And I'm laying there, and he just did a couple choke slams to me. I'm going, again, again, again. And Paul's like, yeah. Pick him up and do it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now I was yeah. in here, I said, do it again, Paul. Boom, do it again. Boom, do it again. You know, because, you know, it, if you're a jobber, which I was, I was an enhancement. Let me explain one thing to you. Enhancement to me is a manager, mm-hmm. is a girl outside the ring standing there with the guy. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Or a guy standing there with the girl. That's enhancement. A jobber is who lost the match. You know that yourself. What's it called when you lose a match? Doing a job. Mm-hmm. Who's the jobber? <laughs> Whoever lost. Triple H has been a jobber. Brock Lesnar's been a jobber. Roman Reigns has been a jobber. Hulk Hogan's been a jobber. Yeah, you know, J-O-B. pay me. That's yeah. it. Pin me, pay me. Pin me, pay me, baby. I've worn a shirt for many years. That's a great shirt. <laughs> thank, hey, thank God for Al Snow because without the Job Squad, I don't think I would have gotten a job because Dwayne Gill got the job. The Job Squad came out. Remember? Right. Right. Yeah. That's amazing Absolutely. just to hear it all put together. I know. Because um, we grew up on it, you right, know that, right. that, that around the time that you took off was around the time that I was like, okay, I've got to get involved. Right. That's when I was like, I'm tired of watching it. I'm tired of going to these shows. I want to somehow be involved in this. And I'll never forget the first time you came down to the Bone Breakers. It was like butterflies. You know, <laughs> it's like, wow, th- this is the Dwayne Gill, you know, that I met at well, the Capitol Center. If you remember watching me on TV, Iron Mike Sharp. Oh, my gosh, another one. No, I- I'm saying that's exactly who I fashion. Oh, you could always hear me. You could always hear Mike. I loved Iron Mike. You know Mike what I mean? Sharp. Everything yeah. Mike did, I loved it. 
fascinating. That's why yeah. you could always hear me. That was the whole thing. Yeah. I, that's what I loved about Mike Sharp. You know, he wasn't the best wrestler, but he was, you always knew he was, oh, oh and yeah. that's why I was always, ah, oh, no, 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 uh -huh. there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And some of the best ones working to this day are those real vocal workers, you know, that make that noise, like Jay Briscoe, when he does that ratchet, mm -hmm. neck breaker, ah, ka, 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 ka. Yeah. you know, you hear that, you, mm -hmm. it gets you excited, so yep. it's just a testament to the magic that we make. Mm -hmm. I'm we got to take one more break. Yep, we are. We're going to take one more break, and we'll come back and hear more about this fascinating story hey, yeah. of your career. All right, uh, stay with us. All right, back here in the MCW studio with our very special guest, icon of Maryland wrestling, Baltimore-born Dwayne Gilbert Gill. Now, Dwayne, we've talked about all these milestones that you've had. You know, I grew up watching you, got to meet you through MCW, uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling down at Bonebreakers. But not too long ago, um, not even a year ago, you had quite the scare. Um, uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about what happened um, when I, I believe you suffered a major heart attack that lasted. You, you were having it for days. Wasn't that the truth? Yes, I was. You know, I was actually, it, I thought, in the best shape of my life. I had been working out with my son. I have a 32-year-old son. And, uh, man, we were both looking great. I mean, I was really doing good. I was 215 pounds. And then I started getting, like, I thought, indigestion. Mm -hmm. And I'd be working out or whatever. I, it felt like acid reflux. It didn't feel like what, you know, you're taught left arm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This is going to go numb. This, that, that's what you're taught is a heart attack. It didn't feel nothing like it. So for like a week or so, I'm, oh man, I don't, can't work out, man. I don't feel right. So about two, three more days, it's really hurting. I mean, drop me to my knees. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I'm at work one day and I, I, I can't even work. So I told one of the guys, look, take me to the hospital, drop me off. I'll call you when I'm ready. And I went in and they, they, uh, they said, okay, we're going to admit you for the night. And I was like, what? And they said, yeah, we're going to admit you and run some tests. So they admitted me and ran tests on me, put radiation in my blood system, sat me through the tube, you know what I'm saying, the whole thing. And they looked at me the next morning and said, you got acid indigestion, go home. Take a Tums. Just like that. Really? Take wow. a Tums. So I said, okay. So I'm thinking, okay. So I got Tums and I'm going to work. And I'm falling down on the job three, four times a day going, jeez, I can't, I can't take it, man. I mean, and as a wrestler, your pain threshold is sure. three, four times of what, you're a female wrestler. You know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. And uh, I was crying like a baby. And I, I finally, about three o'clock in the morning, my wife hears me out in the living room punching the floor because I'm trying to make my hand hurt worse than my chest. I couldn't take it no more. I mean, I was crying, I mean, like a baby. And she said, what is wrong? I said, I can't take it no more. This is killing me. Little did I know. Mm. And uh, she said, come on, you're going to the hospital. I said, for what? Acid indigestion? And she goes, I don't care what it is. You're going back. She dropped me off. I walked in, and the lady at the desk goes, oh, you're back? I, said, I mean, I had tears coming out. I said, I can't take it no more. It's it's. I can't take it. It's too much. She said, well, let's give you EKG. I'll just type in your name and everything will come right up. And it all came up. I had to, so I went right in. Probably a minute and a half after walking through the door, I was laying down getting an EKG. 
Girl turned on the machine, ran out. Came back with four other people. Oh, wow. Turned around, ran out. I'm like, okay, this ain't good. Come back with a doctor and like six other people. Mm. And the doctor looks at me and goes, Mr. Gill, this is going to be real fast. I said, what's going to be? <laughs> oh. They put you out? Yeah. And, uh, well, my wife was parking the car. This is how fast it was. Before she could park the car, they already called her and said they were taking me to the OR. Oh, my. So I woke up in the middle of the whole thing. Wow. And, I mean, I, I could feel that I was being jerked like this, but I couldn't feel my body at all. And uh, my my right arm was strapped down. And I yelled, what the is going on you know as loud as i could and the doctor leaned over and got like this far from my face and she said mr gill can you see and hear me i said yes ma'am i can she said i'm trying to save your life you're having a massive heart attack wow i went okay never said another word man right. <laughs> never said another wow. word i was like wow and well, the next day when she came in to see me, she goes, yeah, you, you were 10 to 15 minutes. You wouldn't be here with us no more. Oh, my goodness. And that's when she broke out the picture. She was like, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Mm -hmm. I was like, <gasps> she's like, yeah, you were, you're, well, you're, one of your main clogs was in what we call the widow the maker. The widow maker, right. Yeah. And she said, now. How long were you feeling this? And I told her, and she said, how many times did you fall down on the job after you came to the hospital? I said, 15, 20 times over the next week. And she goes, you had 20 heart attacks and lived? Wow. Exactly they said, what whatever she said time you were having that massive pain like yep. that, you were She said, well, 21 was coming to take you out. I was like, wow. Because, I mean, it would. I'd be working, and all of a sudden it was just like, ugh. I mean, you. Yeah, that indigestion is not going to do that. Oh but, my God, it oh. hurt, man! It yeah. hurt. Like oh. no tomorrow, and uh, yeah, they put two stents in, man. A two one hundred percent clog. But she said the front wall of your heart, say it's five or six papers thick. Mm -hmm. Yours is one now. Oh wow! Yeah, Believe because it. I strained it. It was not. It hadn't had blood in so long. Right. That it was dying off. You know what I mean? I was like, wow. She said, it'll grow back, but you're a little hairy right now. And like, I got home the first day that I got home and I'm taking all these medicines. Well, I ain't, I didn't need or nothing. So I took the medicines and all. An hour later, I'm calling a cardiologist. Hey, man, what the heck's going on here, man? I'm being double everything. Man, what's oh, no. going on? Oh, your body's not used to taking all those medicines. You got to eat with it, read yeah. your prescriptions. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. I can just remember the outcrying of support when, mm -hmm. you know, the news found of, you know, the wrestling internet community yeah, found out I, that. I'll be honest with you, not to cut you off, Larry. Mm -hmm. I got to really thank James Ellsworth. I really do. He came to my rescue, basically, you know, and now still to this day, he gets me autograph sessions and stuff to make sure that, you know, because I work for the state. You know how rich you can get working for the state. 
and not. he makes sure I, huh? <laughs> or not. Yeah. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> or not. <laughs> but, uh, Me too. yeah, I have a great job, but you know, you're just not going to make a lot of money. Right. Luckily though, I got great benefits and, uh, everything's going great. And, you know, Ellsworth helps me out a lot. He really does. I got to really thank that. Yeah. I'd like to say thanks. <laughs> thank you, James. <laughs> I'm serious. He That's really right. did help yeah, me we... out. Well, James Ellsworth, um, another, you know, Baltimore legend, you know, that kind of came from doing the jobs and mm-hmm. raised to some level of success, you know, a great a level of success. And you can actually see James Ellsworth right here in MCW Pro now. Uh, we'll be on the big Bruiser tribute, the tribute to Bruiser. And Dwayne, you'll Strong. be there this Friday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah man. Bruiser. Night, talk about that. That, that, um, that, it, that broke my heart, man. I ain't lying to you. It, yeah, it, it was brutal. destroyed me, man. That was, yeah, was one of the tough. last things, man. When I heard that, I was like, oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, we all I felt mean, the same. I mean, what? I'm, I'm serious. That, that messed, oh, me, yeah, up. No, that no. messed no. me up. It really did. Well, here we are now. You know, there is some good that came out of it. We got this great show on deck that we're going to mm-hmm. be doing to honor his memory. And, you know, if you if you hadn't noticed at the top of our, our logo for the MCW cast, you see those three letters, oh, yeah, R-J-M. And that's because, you know, our first attempt to do a tribute to him, you know, we felt him there and mm-hmm. we didn't want it to be over. So we got together, we pulled our resources and we got the studio. We got great guests like you. And it's all in memory and honor of uh, R.J. I thought he was a great guy. He really was. It cracks me up seeing his name on that because you know what he would have said? Y'all talk too much. Like, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Man, don't, don't put my name up there. Come on. <laughs> he would have been like, don't, don't, stop. Don't, don't put my picture much. there. Don't, don't do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we yeah. wouldn't have it any other way, you know? So. He'll go out and be larger than life. Hey, no, 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 don't put me on a poster. Don't do this. Don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. He'd like to stay he low. Was, he was the mayor of MCW. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, well, he was. So you can get your tickets to Friday night's show, September 17th. We'll pay honor to the legend, the bruiser. Uh, You can get those tickets at mcwproWrestling.com or at our ticket outlet at Hideaway Collectibles, where you can get not only your tickets to MCW and our upcoming shows, but you can also collect, uh, if you collect Funko Funko Pops or any other wrestling memorabilia, that's your place to go. So I was going to stop in today, actually, on my way home from work, but I didn't have enough time because I, I, I work right down the street from there. So I'll have to go in and check it out. I'll definitely be going in there yep. when the new Look big... for the big blue banner. It's got an awesome logo. Look for that on the side of, of Hollowbird Avenue, right down the street from Jimmy's Famous Seafood. While you're in that end of town, stop and grab a Bruiser Burger. Not there so, you go. Not, yeah. so hidden, not so hidden anymore, the hideaway yeah. collectibles. Now, Dwayne, at the uh, uh, some point during every MCW cast, we have this section where we go to Twitter and we take a look at any of our coffee club members if they have any questions. Uh, but I got one for you. Um, can you talk about when MCW drew, uh, I think, its largest crowd to date at Michael's 8th Avenue when it was you and the security guard from the, the oh, Jerry, Jerry Springer, Springer show? Yeah, remember that? Right. Right. Wilco's. And you yeah. took the whole heat for it was the, y'all against Chad and, and Lunchbox. Uh-huh. That's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot you team with Steve. You just got the just took a beating the whole time. Well, he didn't have a choice, right? Because Steve <laughs> he was didn't want to do anything. Early. Yeah. Then he changed his flight and he literally walked in the door. Right. Two like, minutes before the doors opened. Yeah. So there really was no time to do. And nothing. he wasn't a wrestling fan. Right. Right. And we had to teach had, him a sleeper had, hole. Remember, we had yeah. to teach him a so sleeper. He, so literally, you talk about. <laughs> under the under the pressure to just teach you something because he wasn't even really a fan he had seen he it. looked so awkward yeah, yeah it was like <laughs> two clotheslines right yeah two clotheslines I mean, and a sleeper uh-huh. literally trained in five minutes yeah 
Yeah. We did. I we remember did watching it, it from the balcony. And we had freaking 1,700 people. Yeah, 1700 it was the biggest crowd, people. I remember. Probably more when you take into account staff. Yeah. You know, Michael's even having staff plus oh, us. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. packed. It was, it was yeah. so hot. You couldn't even breathe, you know? Yeah, and the irony, too, when he missed his first flight, Toby at the time was the producer of Jerry Springer I was friends yep. with. Toby. Basically was telling me, like, dude, how bad is it going to be if, like, he doesn't come? And I was like, dude, you he's got to get on the plane. You know what uh, I mean? Because we had, like, Fox 45. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, Springer everybody was, was here. On, 98 was Rock. Yeah. I, I believe So I was like, Rock dude, was he's here. like, yeah, I'm not sure he wants to do it. I think he's having second thoughts. I'm like, you have got to get him on that next flight to Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, like, he was actually going to just not show up. Oh, wow. I guess he was, I mean, Toby was like, he really, like, freaked out, like, what am I doing? I guess people started getting in his head, like, what if you break your neck? You know? And got in his head and think he started having second thoughts. But Mm -hmm. he got on on another flight, and he showed up just in time, but he showed up. Remember he started doing the beautiful, was it Beautiful Babes of Baltimore? Is that what it was? The BBO? Isn't that what we had? Yeah, BBOW. the Babes of Wrestling. BBOW. 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 Yeah. He was doing them, remember? He didn't. Did he do He did the one yet in West Virginia. When, uh, oh. Oh, did he do appearance there at one of them? Yes, he, he did. Th- that's right. I think he did. Yes, I think he did. Right. He was a big fan of the ladies, if that's I remember. That's right. Yes. I think you're right. Yes. Yes. That was he the one where I messed up and got really drunk. That's right. I think he did do an appearance at that, the all-girls show after that. Uh-huh. With all the experience amongst us, there's so much stuff we then forgot. Forgot, yeah. <laughs> I told, I, I'm, yeah, sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. That that's one of the joys of doing this. It's a trip down memory lane, and we can is. refresh each other's memories. Me. Like, remember that? And I like, forget so much. Don't so. remember, but that, yeah. Well, you know? we've all been such a big part of each other's life, man, for a long mm-hmm. time. Heck yeah. I mean, a long time. Yeah. Dan, you've been a part of my life for, I'd say, 30 years. 91. That's 30 years. That's 30 years. Exactly. I've been with MCW for 21 years. My uh, 21st, I guess, anniversary was August 28th. And so, I, yeah, 21 years. I thought about that. I was like, wow, that's like the longest I've been anywhere. <laughs> like, it's awesome, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. I'll be 19 best. in December. 19 <laughs> years with y'all. So. Right. You look, you look older than 19. <laughs> oh, oh, when, I, when I started coming around, I was about 19. But <laughs> yeah. just uh, doing stuff with us has been about 19 years. So, mm-hmm. And look at us all now. That's right. Here's Very good. We're 19. still not on the wall, by the way. Yeah. Our pictures still and, and, on and the you wall. know what's sad about that? You know as well as I do. We're going to be losing him in about a year. He's going to be such a big star. You oh, know, he ain't no. be I, I thought you were saying he was tapping was out. Like, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, what? You're yeah. predicting my funeral? You know, he <laughs> He's got a toenail. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no, you're going you're, you're gonna to really hit it, Jake. I just feel it. <laughs> They just undertakered you. Well, God, yeah. he's we, got, we'll see. You know what they say? I got too bong. much, too much sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you don't have too much sauce, brother. I'm telling you, you're gonna do it. You're gonna be well, really you. good. Thank you, Dwayne. Better late well, than never, as yeah. my mom says. <laughs> this, this is a wrap, I guess, for episode 35. Huh? Yeah. Again, I want to employ all the fans out there, the MCW faithful. Ask MCW cast. I checked mm-hmm. the Twitter right here before we started. I didn't see any for our guests, but that's okay because I always got things I can pull out of my old, you know. And Rolodex. I did say last week that if somebody tweeted at me, and I no would did. reply. 
And no one did, did And they? you didn't, well, I didn't fly. Check. I also didn't check. Okay, so. well, you uh -huh. can <laughs> someone tweeted to you, and then you got to put a I did. I tweeted to you. Yeah, I tweet to her all the time. She never he keeps trying to get me to use Twitter, and I refuse to. I just don't like it. Oh, I really? Just, yeah, so I said last week on the show, I said, if somebody... Wants to talk to me, I promise I'll reply. But then I forgot to check. So okay, well, for next <laughs> hey, week's I'm episode, I'm a teacher. This is my busy time of year, so I, I don't have time I for Twitter. Right but now. I mean, just look, opening up the app and looking to see if you have any notifications. <laughs> I mean, come on. Hey, I, I want to thank you all. I don't man, think for I do. Here. No, well, we appreciate that. you coming. Yeah, on. we appreciate you, like, Dwayne. It's, I, appreciate I have been calling time. for you since we started this thing. I said we got to get Dwayne in. We got to get Playboy Bobby Star in. We got to get Mark Schrader, the legacy, the right. the Mount Rushmore of Maryland. Bobby, did you get Bobby in here? Yeah, we got him in. Oh, I, I love Bobby. We can hardly get a word in edgewise. He's a good guy. He, he <laughs> talked and talked yeah. and talked. We He's a good guy. Yeah, definitely. Well, well Dan, I guess you called it. This is going to be a wrap for yeah. episode thirty-five. This right. Friday, Bruiser Strong. That's right. You got it. Us. I'm and ready. We'll see you next week. Indeed, we will. For Tara, Dan, and our guest, the iconic Dwayne Gill. Thank this you, is Larry very much. Legend. We'll see you next week.